0: Welcome to the OA On Air Fan Expo Boston Takeover. The three day show, formerly known as Boston Comic Con, will be held this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, at the Boston Convention and Exhibition Center. It's going to be a super show with celebrity guests, including John Travolta, who's screening his new film, The Fanatic, Zach Levy from Shazam, the cast of Boy Meets World, Peter Capaldi of Doctor Who, and legendary comic creators and cosplayers. To hear more about the show, our first interview is with Fan Expo Boston Vice President Andrew
1: Moyes. This is Suzanne Morris, Vice President at O'Neill & Associates, and I'm on the line with Andrew Moyes, who is the Vice President for Fan Expo Boston, uh, which will be at the Boston Convention and Exhibition Center uh, August 16th through August 18th. Andrew's here today to talk us, uh, give us a little overview of the show. So, welcome, Andrew.
2: Thank you so much. Great to be with you guys.
1: Absolutely. Um, so, I said, as I said, you're going to give us an overview of the show. So, so start with telling us about what's uh, fun and exciting this year.
2: Well, look, we're thrilled to be back uh, in August to present uh, this uh, this truly fantastic show to the Boston area. Um, look, let's start with the comic creators. You know, Boston Comic Con fan expo boston formerly known as boston comic-con has always been true to comics and true to fans and this year again we are uh, maintaining that mandate we have an amazing lineup of over 90 creators uh coming uh coming to boston this year uh with debut appearances from the legendary mark silvestri and the one and only todd mcfarland so i mean it doesn't get any better than that for comic fans and we're truly excited to be presenting you know a really great stable of creators as well as uh, some headliners like Silvestri and McFarlane. Of course celebrities we've got to talk about it it's uh, it's it's another great lineup this year um, you know star-studded appearances Stephen Amel's making his first appearance Zachary Levi, of course, just uh, fresh off the Shazam movie, which was a huge success. Doctor Who fans are going to be excited to uh, be able to meet Peter Capaldi. We have some nice uh, reunions. Of course, the cast of Goonies is with us, which is really fun. Um, The cast of Boy Meets World, which will be awesome. It's been super popular. And look, uh, recently announced, we're super excited to have uh, Hollywood royalty John Travolta joining us in his first uh, convention appearance, which is really, really exciting. Yeah, and I think, you know, it just, it's important that everyone knows that, you know, you do purchase an autograph or a photo op from, from, from these heroes, but there's also the opportunity to, to, to go to their Q&A, which are all included, included in, in the cost of admission. So an opportunity to go and hear them talk and even potentially ask them a question, hear about some of the behind the scenes that's, as I say, all included with admission.
1: Yeah, and I was going to say that uh, it's been interesting. So amongst some of our younger uh, staff here, the uh, Boy Meets World reunion really has caused a lot of excitement. But as a Doctor Who fan, I'm very excited to uh, see Peter Capaldi. So that'll be very interesting. Yeah, I
2: mean, that's what we work to do, truly. uh, You know, this is an event that covers a broad cross-section of fandom. So we work hard to, to, uh, to have something to delight everyone.
1: Um, to the, to that point, what are the elements that you're most excited uh, to see?
2: Well, I'm super excited about the family zone, you know, again, um, as well as the celebrities, as well as uh, the influences that we bring in, we want to create a really good experience included in the cost of admission. So uh, we have this awesome family zone that the team's put together this year with a lot of interactive activities. Um, Mad Science is going to be there where, you know, the kids can race a rocket or whoever wants to race a rocket can race a rocket. Um, The Boston Museum of Science is going to be there with everything from catapults to dinosaurs. Um, There's an opportunity to live your own Harry Potter Potter moment um with Wizard One training and a sorting hat ceremony um as well as you know pop culture crafts face painting origami all that sort of stuff so heaps of fun for the kids to come and enjoy that family zone I'm excited to see um uh, that'll sort of be a hive of activity over the weekend I'm also excited that our Masters of Cosplay Grand Prix Mm. is back again this year that was an initiative that we started last year and of course We had um, uh, qualifying rounds in all of our North American markets. And, of course, excited to say that Boston provided the winner. Silhouette Cosplay, of course, won the grand, grand final. Um, So Boston needs to come back to, Mm -hmm. to defend the title. And, you know, an interesting note there, Silhouette Cosplay is also attending Boston. Fan Expo Boston this year as a professional cosplayer. So it's really lovely that the community got behind um, Silhouette Cosplay and they went on to to win the competition. And now here they are, you know, appearing as a as a as a guest at the show, which is really awesome.
1: That's great. So um, we just recently announced that uh, that Fan Expo Boston is going to be uh, is expanded its collaboration with Spalding Rehab uh, Hospital. So tell us a little bit more about that um, collaboration and why it is that you guys felt really compelled to strengthen your ties to the community here.
2: Yeah, look, uh, you know. Pop culture is all about community. These pop culture conventions are all about community. Again, a lot of people talk about the celebrities. A lot of people talk about the autographs or who's coming. But underneath all that, at the root of that, and I think what is supporting that is community. Um, you know, people come to find a sense of belonging. People come to celebrate their characters with each other. So it's important to us to to um, support. The Boston wider Boston community within that, and and use our platform to uh, to leverage other important um, institutions. You know, everyone feels the pride about their home city, and we want to reflect that in the show that we put together. So, obviously, supporting an amazing institution like Building um, that does such incredible work for those working through challenges, um, you know, is 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 really important to us, and I think also a reflection of the you know, the pop culture sort of fandom community in Boston as well. Um, You know, but beyond Spalding, there's a number of partners like the Boston Sci-Fi Film Festival Mm -hmm. or the Museum of Science. Um, Of course, a lot of local creators come to the show. So it's important to us that our fans in Boston know that this is their show. It belongs to Boston, and um, we want everyone to have a great sense of pride in attending under that umbrella.
1: That's great. So any final piece of advice for attendees? I mean, we talked about this last year, too. It's a big show. There's a lot of mm. people, and there's a lot of things to see. So what's your advice? Yeah.
2: Well, look, I mean, it's, it's back to the basics. You've got to plan your time out. There's so much to do that you've got to go to the website and – Review the schedule, you gotta download the app. We've got a really awesome app. We're partnering with Guru this year um, on an awesome app. So download that, it helps you plan out your schedule and plan out what you wanna see. Cause if you just turn up, you'll just be overloaded. You have gotta come with a plan and then you can deviate a bit from the plan because there will always be something that uh, new and exciting to see, but you have gotta come with that initial plan. Hydrate, especially mm-hmm. if you're cosplaying. You know, a lot of those costumes are super heavy and hot. So make sure you're you're hydrating and wear those comfortable comfortable shoes, uh, absolutely essential. There's lots of walking, um, so so make sure you're comfortable in that sense. And look, come ready to celebrate, come ready to have fun. You know we have a new mandate um, across Fan Expo HQ that's about discover celebrate belong it's about discovering something new of course we're all coming together to celebrate fandom and ultimately we're coming together to give each other a sense of belonging and a sense of comfort and inclusion as we all you know celebrate pop culture that we all know and love
1: andrew the i think are very sensible pieces of advice so thank you again for joining us on away on air and we look forward to seeing you at the show
2: i'm excited see you there
0: Next up, learn all about the world of cosplay from Fan Expo Director of Cosplay, Pat Covey. Hi, I'm Marissa Sullivan, Account Executive
3: at O'Neill & Associates. Today I'm talking with Pat Covey, Master of Cosplay Organizer, about cosplay and what we can expect at this year's Fan Expo Boston, which takes place on Friday, August 16, to Sunday, August 18, at Boston Convention and Exhibition Center. Hey, Pat, thanks for joining us today.
4: Thanks for having me tonight.
3: Great. Um, so first we want to know how did you get into cosplay and how did you become the official cosplay organizer?
4: Uh, well, I, (laughs) I got into doing conventions back in 2003. Uh, I attended, uh, Anime Boston, uh, which, you know, another Boston area convention, uh, and, uh, got kind of like, you know, my first taste into the convention world and cosplay in general. And, uh, about two months after that, I started, uh, I worked for the first annual Granite State Comic-Con and, uh, that got me like really starting to get into the whole organizational side of things. And from there, it just over time, I ended up, you know, seeing how everything was run for costume contests and for cosplay in general. And, uh, I think it was 2009. I took my first step into, um, uh, like really diving into everything cosplay related by uh uh just kind of seeing how the masquerades are set up in ma boston to traveling to like baltimore comic con and seeing how they ran their costume contests and just diving in headfirst into cosplay in general it's just doing costumes on my own wow
3: so you've really been all over the place
4: yeah i've uh, been doing this now for goodness <laughs> scary thoughts almost 17 years um and this year actually this is my 10th year running costume contest so i'm like wicked excited about it
3: it's very impressive so for anyone interested in getting into cosplay what are the steps to take when you're first getting started
4: uh well my first recommendation to anybody is uh, if you're going to cosplay you know cosplay a character that you like um You know, if you're a fan of Spider-Man, cosplay Spider-Man. If you're a fan of Captain America, you know, go for Captain America. Um, So that's their first step, is you want to see what character you want to do, what you like. And then from there, um, it's just a matter of, you know, researching and seeing, you know, what costume you want to do. Because a lot of these characters, they have more than one costume. So you research, you see how the costume's set up, and from there, you start, you know, looking into okay how do i have to make how do i make certain parts of it um you know research you can go online and see tutorials nowadays on youtube on how certain things are made uh you can see on like different forums like the rpf forums they they give you guidelines and suggestions and some shortcuts and uh even at some of the comic conventions anime conventions nowadays you can go and attend a panel and see how certain parts are made for costumes and from there it's just your own creative design that you want to take on it you know you want uh if you want to make something out of you know armor there's different techniques that you can use for that um you can use uh just your traditional like eva foam which uh you can get like from the floor mats that you lay down in like a laundry room to like yoga mats and uh they have uh, another type of material called warbler which is great for molding and sculpting it's it's all a matter of what you want to do and just kind of figuring it out and designing it uh the best thing that i like to say is you know there is no such thing as a bad costume it's uh if you go out there and you want to do something then do it it doesn't matter you know if you think it's bad or not because to anybody else it's going to look great
3: right so you just want to love what you're doing
4: Exactly. You want to put in the passion that is behind, you know, designing the costume and showing it off and you're showcasing essentially artwork because um, when you actually look at it, you're, you're putting in all this work and it ends up becoming a piece of art because you could be sewing, you could be molding, you could be crafting, you can be doing, um, you know, <laughs> I've seen LED lights that light up a costume like a Christmas tree. Um, you know it's it's all a matter of what you want to do and just kind of seeing how uh, it's done uh, even if it's like you know you do research like I've, I've been doing this for so long mm-hmm. that I see people evolve their cosplay uh, to the point where it's like I see them come in and they're they're wearing you know essentially a costume made out of cardboard box and they really edited it and you know now here we are you know five years later, and they're building these gigantic costumes that are like 10 feet tall. It's all a matter of just kind of going out there, jumping in head first, and figuring out what you in particular want to do for the costume and how you want to do it, and then just expanding from there.
3: Right. So how much time would you say goes into making a new costume? And are there specific steps that one might take?
4: I mean, it's it's all dependent on uh, what kind of costume you want to go for. Um, you know, I've seen people uh, build costumes in, like, one day. I've seen people spend a week building on a costume. And, and then I've seen some people that make these giant, elaborate costumes that took them almost a year to make. It's just a matter of, you know, how much, what kind of costume you want to do and, you know, how, what you want to put into it. Um, it's, a, it's sort of like best way I can describe it is when you're doing something that you want uh, to do like if you're if you're cooking up a good meal and you want to cook up a good meal a good meal is going to take you a little bit of time and preparation to uh, cook it up whereas uh, if you want to have just something quick like going to a fast food restaurant well then you can go to a fast food restaurant and you know get it bing bang boom right then and there Mm -hmm. so it's it's just a matter of how much time you want to put into it and from there you know it's whatever you want to do
3: yeah I've definitely seen some pretty crazy costumes at Fan Expo Boston
4: Yeah, there's going to be quite a few of them uh, there this year especially seeing all the registrations coming in for the the Masters of Cosplay competition
3: who do you think the cosplayers to look out for at this year's show are and also what do you think um, the most popular character is going to be with kind of the movies that came out in the last year or so
4: well uh i would say the cosplays to look out for so um fan expo does bring in a few uh cosplay guests for the show uh they've got a couple of returning favorites with uh ivy doom kitty and uh liana vamp who are always big fan favorites uh, they've got a nice local flair this year where we have uh, lucky grim creative coming back who's uh hosting the costume contest master, uh, master in the cosplay competition on saturday night uh they have uh last year's uh regional winner as well as winner of the masters of cosplay 2018 uh silhouette cosplay she's going to be one of the guests for the show uh another one that they just announced was uh extreme costumes who got a lot of notoriety a couple of years ago doing a Hulkbuster uh iron man costume that he went around uh um, New York Comic Con with, and the funny thing involving that was he had a nice Avengers group, and I happened to be with him during that, so it was pretty surreal just kind of seeing everything when it was taking place and then seeing it all like all on the news the next day. So he'll be going around in a Hulkbuster, and he'll also have his Bumblebee costume, which is like almost spot on uh, to like as real as you can get from the movie. Um, so you've got the you've got all that there uh for costumes and the cost competition i can't really say yet because i'd like to have a little bit of an element of surprise but i, I can tell you that there's going to be some big hit ones and the ones that i've been seeing a lot of recently uh showing up at shows it's actually um, the uh the online i think it's a web series the critical role series um seeing a lot of people doing the costumes from that um having done the competitions traveling all over the country I've been seeing uh, many of those costumes enter the competition so I think those will be uh, probably the most popular uh, or most uh, profound costumes that you'll see uh, you'll see your Deadpools you'll see your Harley Quins uh, you'll probably see a bunch from the video game overwatch um, so you'll see a variety of costumes it doesn't it's not just in particular just one or two it's there's there's a lot like it's it really changes, and I, the funny thing I could say is I went down to Megacon in Orlando uh, back in May, and the most frequent costume that I saw was actually John Hammond from Jurassic Park. So it, it really can just be completely up in the air on what the cost, what the big costume is going to be because uh, you could just have a whole bunch of people that are just like, you know what, I want to be that character. So it, it changes.
3: Yeah, there's going to be a lot to look out for at this year's show.
4: I'm absolutely excited to see what people will bring out. Uh, I love the creativity that goes into a lot of the costumes out there. Um, You see some absolutely amazing takes on how they made it, especially when they tell you how they made the costume. You just sit there and just have your jaw hit the floor because of all the uh, outstanding work that they put into it
3: yeah that's awesome um, do you mind telling us just a quick little description of what Master of Cosplay is this year
4: yep so the Masters of Cosplay uh, it's a competition which uh, is put on by Fanguru who is an online uh, app for the convention where you can get all your convention information um, and tells you like schedule as well as it gives you all the contestants that are actually going to be in the competition as the competition's taking place so it's a uh, It's a competition where different levels of craftsmen from youth to master division uh, entrants are competing to win the title of Masters of Cosplay uh, for the Eastern Qualifier, which is at this year's uh, Fan Expo Boston. So the winner of that ends up winning $1,000 and a trip for two to compete actually the following weekend in Toronto for a grand prize of $7,500. So it's a huge competition that's run all throughout the US. Uh, we've already claimed, had the regional winners for Calgary, Dallas, and Orlando get solidified. And we'll end up having the winner at Boston go to Toronto, and, they'll be compete- and there will be actually a regional up there in Toronto where then all five of the winners will compete against each other head-to-head, and only one will come out as Master of Cosplay. Well,
3: wow, that's very exciting. I know I'm excited to see all the costumes this year.
4: Yeah, it's it's absolutely surreal to see, like I said, all the outstanding work everybody puts into it. Uh, and everybody is like in costume that's in costume is just having a great time. And I know the fans are always like absolutely overmoved to see all these characters come to life, especially the kids, because the kids when they get to see a Spider Man or a Thor or a Wonder Woman coming up to them, it's to them it means the absolute world. They are just absolutely ecstatic and i've even seen a lot of like comic artists that are happy to see their characters come to life i've seen celebrity guests geek out just as much as the fans do because they end up seeing a costume that just makes them over the moon ecstatic uh it's just cosplay in general it's just an outstanding fandom and you know i'm i'm happy to see what's next and what we're gonna see
3: great well thanks so much pat this has been awesome and we appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today
4: Hey, thank you for
0: having me on. Thanks. Next up, an interview with legendary comic creator of Spawn and Venom, Todd McFarlane.
1: This is Suzanne Morris, Vice President at O'Neill & Associates, and I'm on the line with Todd McFarlane, who is a legendary comic book creator. He originated the characters of Spawn and Venom, as well as influencing the look of major characters like Spider-Man. Todd will be at Fan Expo Boston to celebrate the milestone issues of Spawn 300 and 301. And at Fan Expo, he'll be doing a spotlight panel on Saturday and free signings on Friday and Saturday. Welcome, Todd McFarlane. Hey, thanks for having me today. Um, My first question is, And it may be one that you get a lot, but I really am interested to know what it's like to see characters that you've drawn and characters that you've created go from the page where you've created them to the movies and what that process feels like for you as a creator.
5: Um, Well, well, usually, uh, generally speaking, um, they don't usually talk to the actual creators of the characters uh, as they go into changing them, either into TV uh, or movies. Yeah. Part part of it is that sometimes they've waited such a long time that the actual original creators aren't even alive, right? So they can't get there. Um, plus, I also think that uh, Hollywood is spending such a big amount of money, too, that they they, they don't want to be encumbered by somebody who doesn't, sort of have the same business acumen as to what they're doing and mm-hmm. why they're doing it, uh, whether whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. They they have their reasons for doing it. So so in the instance of Venom, did anybody wake up and say, hey, you know what, before we start this big $120 million project, maybe we should go and get on the phone to Todd McFarland, David Michelinie, the, the guys who created it, and get their input? No. Uh, do, do, are, are they required to? No. Um, am I offended by it? No. Um, you know, they just, they're, they're doing their thing. They're spending $120 million of their own and they're the one that are basically at risk. So now if I put on my, my hat cat and I just say, Oh my gosh, just from a fan point of view, Hey, look at that. I helped create that character. Um, then I'm, I'm going into that movie really, for me personally, only for one one thing, you know, did they did they get the character right physically, right? So, yeah. given that I created him visually, I I wanted to that you know because they invited me to the premiere and I did some other you know work for Sony after that, but uh, I just wanted him to be big. I just wanted him to be big because I created him big, and, it's, and if you recall, in Spider-Man number three, uh, the third movie. Yeah. They had the uh, Venom character in there, uh Pilper Grace uh was the was a bad guy who turned into into Venom. And and he and he and he was quite small, he's quite average in terms of scale. And, and and uh for me it was a bit disappointing that I was like, Well, if this guy's as big as an elephant, what are you doing? it's like toper Grace is just you know sucking in his his belly, you know, like when a pretty girl walks by and you're at the pool, you know, he's just holding in his breath and, he, and he's not big, right? At, at least in this big movie, I, I only want for one, one reason. Is he big? And, he, and they checked off the only box I had, right? So all the other stuff of whether the character acted right and, you know, the motives were right, you, you'd have to talk to the writers to see whether
0: yeah. they think
5: they got that right. I just go, physically, this dude needs to be the biggest guy on the screen and they
1: and they hit that um so you've been in the as we just discussed you've been in the business for a long time what advice would you have for people who are trying to break in and also you know your career is, is very you know has had a long of longevity so what would you tell creators who want to have the same kind of longevity that you've had uh well, well
5: those are two those are two different parts so yep. let's talk about if you want to if you want to have longevity, then you got to do the work. I mean, it's that simple, right? Mm-hmm. You don't even got to be good; you just got to want to do the work, right? Mm-hmm. So it is no accident that people who are at the top tier, at least in terms of getting accolades, are people who've got a body of work behind them, right? There's no, there's, there's maybe one, two exceptions to that rule. Uh, and and you 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 have to do the work. And, and here's why I say that because there's a, there's a bit of a, a new wave happening where a lot of artists are because they can make good money and I get it uh, are becoming what they call cover artists. So they're doing a cover here, a cover there, a cover here, a cover there. So that, because they can get paid twice as much, you know, three times as much as a normal page. Um, but there are very few people who've made a career of being a cover artist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what what I think you need to do is any creative person, whether you're an artist or writer or whatever, you need to you need to sit on a book at least for ten issues. And I mean, I'm I'm being generous at ten. You should do thirty or forty, but I'll, 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 let's let's say ten. Um, so that at some point people will say, Oh my gosh, that's the guy who did that Captain America run. Oh my god, that's the the gal who did the Superman thing or the Swamp thing or what. I don't even care if it's an obscure character, but at least. At least there's a title there that they can recognize you. Otherwise, if huh. you're if you're a cover artist or an art artist alley artist, then you're you're at the mercy of basically the talent around you, and you haven't sort of brought any any sort of hype as to why people should care about you more than others. Uh, other advice is to get in the comic book. Then then. I, look, this is going to be easy because I'm going to give this speech when I'm a Boston. Then do it right now is the single best time to break into comic books if you've got an idea and you and you persevere and you got a, you got a little bit of talent to go with it, right? And you don't even have to be the the most talented person because I I'm a, a living example. There are thousands of people better than me. I'm just tenacious when it gets right down to it. And and there's a there's a space for people. Here's the the math that that I'm going to give, and and I'm going to put these numbers up big when I'm in Boston, is if you're a producer, and there's about a thousand of them in Hollywood, uh, or you're from one of the streamers, uh, Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, one of those people, or you're from a cable station, and there's dozens and dozens of them, or you're from ABC or NBC, which all total is about 1,200 people that are looking for content every day that's what they do on Hollywood they're looking for content and so so if they wake up and they say we need to get comic book content here's what they cannot get they cannot get Marvel why? because Disney owns Marvel and Disney's not going to play ball they are not going to get DC comic books so why? because Warner Brothers owns DC and they've never shared those characters so if you're any one of those 1,200 people, a producer, or any of those big billion-dollar corporations, and you want something that's quote-unquote comic book, it doesn't have to be superhero, it just has to be comic book, then you have to redact. If you look at the top 100 sales and you say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop at the first one, I can, I can at least make a phone call and attempt to buy. Of the top 100 comic books last month, 96 of them, Either had a Marvel or a DC logo, which mm. means 96 out of 100 are gone. Okay, what's left? There's four of them left. Walking Dead, it's already sold. There's only four left. Walking Dead, sold. Spawn, not giving it to you. Uh, Saga, sold. And then another one that, uh, that was Transformers, that, that brand's already gone. Which basically means that if you're a billion dollar corporation, you can't even touch a top 100 book. Right. The first book last month was 108. So here's the question to you if you think you're going to break into our industry. Do you think you've got an idea that can be at least the 108th best idea? And if the answer is yes, if you have the confidence that you can be 108, forget 50, forget 30, forget 20, 108, if you think that you're confident enough you can be 108, you will be number one to about 1,200 people of which some of them are billion dollar corporation, which basically means if you're anywhere between 100 and 200, they're going to come chasing for you, because they, they, they can't get anything else but that. I think there's only 15, 20 books in that 100 to 200 range, because you still have to redact the, the Marvel and the DC, so forget putting the pressure, you got to be better in Captain America and Wolverine and Superman and Batman, you don't, right, you got to yeah. just have the confidence you can be 110, come on.
1: So let me just ask my final question, which is, what are you looking forward to at Fan Expo Boston when you are here?
5: Uh, you know, in its, simple, in its simplest form, just, uh, just to see the smiley faces of people. You know, here, here's the thing that's interesting. Every convention I go to, I don't do nearly as many as I used to. You know, I've got a family and my right, business, sure. got, dead, got deadlines. Um, so I'll probably be working that night in my hotel after the convention. Uh, that people will say to me when I'm at a convention, go Tom, how's your convention going? The answer is the same. Awesome. It's awesome. And here's why it's awesome. because uh, you come, you sit down, people then stand in line, sometimes for a long period of time, to basically come up to you to say nice things to you, right? Yeah. It's not a burden it's not a there's no burden to go to a convention. Like, it's, if anything, it's if it's a bubble, And it's a false positive, and as soon as you walk out of the convention, then you just become, you know, the village idiot again, and you go back to your life. So, you know, but it's always interesting to sort of hear people sort of saying why they like stuff or why they don't. And, you know, my 15 minutes of fame has lasted way longer than it should have, so I'm sort of bored of myself, right? If anybody's bored of Todd McFarland, it's me. (laughs) I can't get rid of me i got to sleep with me every day. And There's nothing I just told you that I didn't already know, so I'm telling boring stories that I already knew. Um, the, uh, so where I get my joy now is where somebody's going, hey, you know, it's my brother's birthday, and, you know, he's going to be so jealous that, you know, I'm here and you're not. And then I go, hey, phone him up. Let's say hi to him for a minute.
0: That's right?
5: great. Or let's get, a, let's get a, a picture that says happy birthday to him or – you know, you you pretend like you're drawing on the page, not me, or just something, I don't know, goofy stuff, right? Just goofy stuff that basically will make them sort of the the, the king or the queen of the day because they they got some, they, they they basically got to take a little bit of the momentum that I've had in my career and basically use it for their own. That, those are fun, right? When yeah. I get the neighbors say, hey, God, I, you know, I, I found out my nephew is a big fan of had no idea and he went ballistic when he knew that he lived two houses down the street. <laughs> uh, is there any way I can get something from you or whatever, you know, and so I give him some signs, and that aunt or uncle becomes like a big shot, you know, to that nephew. Right, I think yeah. it's cool. I think it's cool. That's great. So, crazy. uh I like I like to much fun with the with the with the fans as as much as possible and then like I think it where give a panel and I'm going to give my hallelujah speech. I'm going to give my dad speech. Part of it, you know, you just heard of it. Like just go, 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 right? You can't, you can't fail if you never try, right? So go.
1: Well, Todd McFarland, this has been really a very interesting discussion. So thank you for joining us today. Yeah,
5: I appreciate you giving me the time today. you.
0: Thank you for listening to OA on Air for this special Fan Expo Boston Takeover. And don't forget to subscribe on whatever your favorite listening platform may be, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. And you can also check us out on our O'Neill & Associates website. Talk to you next week.